Amen, amen. This is your host, Sean Wilson with Becoming One Church, and I'm glad you stopped by today. We're going to talk about a subject called how to test. Yes, how to test the spirits. Amen. Let's go to verse 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. And the scripture reads, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. The next verse says this, by this, you know, the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist of which you have heard that is it is coming and now is already in the world you are from god little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world they are from the world therefore they speak as from the world and the world listens to them and i will stop here at this next verse it says we are from god he who knows god listens to us he who is not from god does not listen to us by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error amen and this this is this is so wonderful this is powerful right so this is talking about how do we test the spirits of god and this is what this communicating is first of all the spirit of god in us causes us to have a sense of humility that where we will listen to the truth of what god's word even says we agree with what god's word says those that do not agree with what god's word said is not from god so we can look at that in first the first john chapter 4 verse 6 but i want to go all the way back all the way back to the previous verses um, where we started off and, and actually is the title of what we're going to discuss today. And that is to test the spirits. What does it mean to test the spirits to see if they be from God? When we're talking about spirits, what are we talking about? We're talking about um, the spirit, the source of a message. There is always there is a spirit behind the voice. Um, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but of what is going to be spirits It's going to be principalities It's going to be powers, things that we can't see, but it's, it's behind the voice. It's, it's actually is the, the motivation of the message is what we're going to hear. So to test the spirits, I want us to really understand this about that, that particular text. First of all, I'm going to, I'm going to quote you something here. It says that believers derive their ability to test truth and the falsehood of their anointing by God, their knowledge of the teachings of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit in them. They, they can determine a spirit's origin by examining whether its teaching reflects the love of Christ. I will give you an example. There was a, a case where I had corrected someone and I'll just be brief with this. I had corrected someone. They said that they were told not to pray for their husband anymore because there was a scripture that God has showed them in the book of Jeremiah where God, the Lord had told Jeremiah not to pray for the people. So they used that scripture and they said, this is what God showed me. And I didn't know where that verse was. And when I flipped open the Bible, it was right there. And this is what God said. And he says, don't pray for the people. Don't even pray for them. And, and the reason why I want to share this is because so many people will get um, led astray 
by the enemy and think that it's God because scripture is involved. But what I want us to do is I want us to go over here and I'm going to show you the, the, the most perfect example that I can find in scripture that talks about this situation. Let's go over to, first of all, I want to go to Matthew chapter 12, verse three. Then we're going to go backwards again. But Matthew chapter 12, verse three. Now, this is this is an awesome story. This is about Jesus. He's answering questions about the Sabbath. And I'm going to read a little bit here. But there's one particular verse. When we get down to verse seven. I want to show you something here. And it says in Matthew chapter 12, verse verse one, it says at this time, at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath and his disciples became hungry and began to pick the heads of the grains and eat. But when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, look, your disciples who your disciples do what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. But he said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and his companions, how he entered the house of God and they ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those with him, but for the priests alone. Or have you not read in the law that the Sabbath on the Sabbath, the priest in the temple break the Sabbath and are innocent as a question. But I say to you that something greater than the temple is here. So verse seven, but if you had have known what this means, I desire compassion and not a sacrifice. You would have, you would not have condemned the innocent. Now, why is this scripture so important? I want to show you something in this particular text. There was something that was written on in the law about the Sabbath. The priests thought they was fulfilling the will of God on the Sabbath because they were pointing out the fact that the disciples were out in the grain fields picking and eating on the Sabbath, which they would consider to be work. But what did Jesus say? Jesus summed it up this way. First of all, he used an example of David, how he ate the consecrated bread with people that were not supposed to be eating it. But Jesus sums it up this way. He says, but if you had known what this means, see, there's that's the that's the message I want to, to get today. Sometimes we can know scripture and not know the message and miss the point. Some people will quote scriptures to you, throw scriptures out, but not understand the message behind, not understand the spirit of the message, if you will, the spirit of that message. They won't understand it. So he told the, he told those those Pharisees and those those guys that was there. He said, I want, haven't you read this and you didn't understand this? Because if you would have known what it means, then it says this. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. So there is the first point I want to point out today. The first point is don't just memorize scripture. Ask God for understanding of his message, because when you have understanding of his message, you can share the message and it be timely. So that's that one particular um, issue with that one lady or young lady that had said that the scriptures 
was told her not to pray for her husband. And when I corrected that uh, and, and people got upset about it because they said you can't tell people that God didn't tell them. And I could say, yes, I can. If I can discern that it is wrong, according to scripture, God, Jesus tells us to pray for all people. And we are under a new covenant. And under this new covenant, he brings us to a higher standard. And this higher standard is for us to pray for even our enemies. Anyone that despitefully use us, we're supposed to pray for. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. He tells us to pray for all people. He tells the wife to sanctify the unbelieving husband. So in any sense, even if the husband was unbelieving, the wife is supposed to hold herself accountable for what God has called her to do in that particular type of situation. Now, I'm not talking about abuse right now. I'm not talking about physical abuse. I'm talking about someone that's in a relationship and they claim that their husband is not spiritually mature or they're not um, leading the way that they should lead. Even if they wasn't leading the way they should leave and you married someone that was an unbeliever, it is still the wife or the spouse's responsibility if she knows God to be the light in that situation, sanctify her household. (coughs) With that said, I want us to point, I want to go over to one more, one more example to show us that we must understand the message and not just memorize scripture. Because if you go off of just the scripture, somebody takes a random scripture and say, this is what God told you to do, and you don't understand the message, you could be making a whole bunch of bad decisions, amen? So what I wanna share today is go look, go over to Matthew chapter four. And this is, and everyone's familiar with this, Jesus was baptized in chapter three. And then it says that he was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tested, right? So I want us to go over to Matthew chapter four, verse five. And it says, then the devil took him into a holy city and had him stand at the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. Now he's going to quote something here. He's quoting Psalms 91 verses 11 and 12 Psalms 91 verses 11 and 12. He says this. He will command his angels concerning you and on their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Now, with that said, I want to go over here to Psalms 91 and I want to read Psalms 91 for you. And in Psalms 91, as we read this, it says in verse 11, for he will give his angels charge over concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone. Now, those two verses are very similar. Actually, it, it, it can be it, it's not far off. The scripture is not far off, but it wasn't so much as what was said, but it was the manner of which one would use it. So Jesus comes back and didn't say that you use the scripture. Um, he didn't you didn't memorize the scripture correctly. He says that you are you don't have the message behind that scripture. Verse seven says this. Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord God to the test. What does this tell us? It tells us that first of all, God's word does not contradict itself. Amen. Right? God's word does not contradict itself. Jesus says, on the other hand, look at this, what this verse says, that verse that he used, he tried to use it in a way that was going to tempt God. And what does that mean to tempt God? That means to test him at his word. 
in this sense. Now, many of us may remember there is a scripture in Malachi that talks about test God, but that was a scripture in Malachi that was directed towards a certain group of priests for a certain reason. But in this sense, this would be considered wrong. We have to understand the message behind it. The message Satan tried to get Jesus to throw himself off the top of a temple and then that the Lord will come and save him. This tells us also that as we learn and to discern the spirits, remember it's ultimately all about God. It's not about proving ourselves to anyone. It's about glorifying God. This whole test that Jesus was, was receiving was by the enemy. He was testing them. He said, if you're the son of God, do this. And if this is this, then you do this. And, and we don't have to prove ourselves to anyone, but we need to allow God, God's word to speak in our lives. And how do we allow God's word to speak in our lives? That we hold fast to his truth and we don't allow anybody to shake us from that. So how do we test the spirits? First of all, we have to know the word of God. And I'm not just talking about knowing scriptures. I'm talking about we have to get in and we need to read the books line by line. And we need to go through and we need to write down questions that we have from the to the Lord. And find those answers in his word. We must also understand this as we're reading through scripture. And if something seems to be contradictory, you have to you have to use a process of where you find the absolute truth. And if if it seems that something is contradictory, it doesn't mean that it's contradictory. It means that we lack understanding of what the true meaning behind a particular scripture is. Nothing cancels out anything else. We have to really dig in and understand in the scriptures. There's nothing that contradicts itself in the word of God. Amen. So that's the other thing we need to have the knowledge of God. We need to know his word, know his message, the message behind the word we need. So we understand the truth of God's word. There is a scripture in Hebrews chapter five, and it says that only those who exercise themselves unto righteousness will be able to discern good from evil. So we have to understand living according to the word will heighten our level of discernment. There is a level of discernment that is given by the Holy Spirit as according to first Corinthians chapter 12. But that is a gift that is given when needed. Amen. But God also holds us responsible as believers when we know the truth and we understand the message, then we should be able to discern truth from error. Amen. And that's all I want you to do today is it's not about following any particular teaching, but it's understanding that when you look at the scriptures and you read the message of the scriptures, you be able to discern the truth from error for yourself so that you can stand and be unmoved when someone comes you won't be tossed to and fro you won't follow every wind of doctrine that is that is brought before you you will know what the word of god says amen and that does not mean that you hold on to what you what you think you know it means that you examine everything that is being brought before you i don't care if it's your pastor in your church that you like so much you better examine every word that is spoke you better ask questions. You need to get in the word and read it yourself. Amen. And I, I get real, um, I real get, get real passionate about this because early on in my church walk, I was told things that were not in the scriptures 
and it damaged me because I did not get in the word. No one, I, I, I really didn't know how to navigate through the Bible. When people would say things like go to John 14 and six, I was like new to reading the Bibles. I didn't even know what they was talking about. I would get mixed up with first John. And then when they were saying John and first John, I was flipping back and forth. I, don't, I didn't know which book they were talking to. I needed help. I needed that much help with the word of God when I came to be a believer that it was, I mean, I, I just needed to learn those things. So I didn't understand the whole message. Although I was saved, I didn't understand the whole message and I didn't have all of the truth. But what people were telling me, I just took it for word, for face value. And I'm gonna tell you, it's, it's you, you have to get in the word of God. And I thank the Lord for just over the years, how he has, I want to say, giving me the unction to, to want to study the word. I want to study the word um, and read the word of God and, and break it down so that we understand it. And the only way that I, I really started understanding the word is when I started reading entire books and chapters. Um, and I don't just take one verse. I read the entire book. Like I sit down in one setting, I'll read the book of Hebrews or I'll read all the way through Romans. And then I may write notes as I'm going through, but I will read it. I won't stop and, and start trying to break things down, but I will read through it to take the, to get a full understanding of what is being written because these letters to churches were letters to churches. Amen. We don't just read one sentence out of a letter and say, oh, I know what this whole letter is about. No, we have to understand everything by reading, first of all, getting a full understanding of what was really going on. Now, I'm not going to go through hermeneutics and, and things along that line, but I will tell you this as believers, you need to be like Bereans. Everything that people tell you, you need to go back and check it in the scripture, especially if it's, if it's different. Do not reject what you're being told because you could be wrong. I tell you things along the lines like ties. I, I talk to people. I say, hey, I can show you in the scripture. No, I've been paying ties my whole time. I'm going to keep paying ties. I'm like, but you really ain't paying ties because ties, first of all, was never money. Second of all, when when you talk about tithing, you have to go over to the book of Deuteronomy. And I believe it's in chapter either 14 or 16, where it gives you the instructions on how to pay ties. And when you look at how tithes were paid, you'd be like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How how does that apply to us today? Did you know? Let me let me give you this. Do you know that the only people that paid tithes were the people that actually owned land? Hmm. And these are the things that people don't understand. They never even go back there and read it. They just they just trying to figure out how can they get God to bless them. I'm going to tell you how you can get God to bless you. Read his word and do what his word says. And quit doing what people tell you to do without checking it. I know this is a society that's very lazy. They don't like to read. They want a video for everything. They want cliff notes. They don't want to dig into and read and understand the totality of the message, the new covenant and everything that Christ has done. So they just listen to what other people say. And if everybody's following it, they will follow that. But I'm going to tell you something. Narrow is the way. Narrow is the way. And that's what I want to communicate today. Test the spirits, brothers and sisters. Test the spirits. Hold fast to that which is good. Amen. Eat the meat, spit out the bones. But if it's too many bones, you need to change, change what you eat. 
Amen. You need to also, when I said test the spirits, understand what the word of God says about testing the spirits, testing the spirits to see if it be true. I'm going to throw another one out there since we're here. I'm going to just go ahead and give it to you. I know I haven't been on in about a week um, or a couple of weeks, but I want to share this piece. I was talking to someone about tongues. Back when I was first uh, born again within the first year, particular church that I was in, um, they, they were teaching us. They said that you're not a believer unless you speak in tongues. And so, of course, me being a, a uh, well, I, I thought I was a believer, but according to what they were teaching, I had second guessed myself because they said that I had to speak in tongues. And I went up to the altar and there was a pastor that was a woman that laid hands on me. And I was praying. I was like, Lord, I want I want to speak in tongues and nothing happened. So immediately the woman says, it must be something wrong with you, because when I lay hands on people, stuff happens. So I left there for about two years. I was damaged. I did not even think that I was even saved anymore because I didn't speak in tongues. But when God called me into the ministry and as as he first when when I say he called me, when he gave me that. That assignment within, I started preparing myself. I wasn't teaching in schools. I wasn't teaching in church or anything. I was just helping out in church and sound ministries and all these other things. But what happened is I started to look in the scriptures and the level of discipline that the Lord has um, instilled in me was I went through the entire book of Acts and I identified every time that a person was saved. And what happened? What happened in each one of those accounts? And I'm going to tell you, I want to tell you the one consistent thing that happens when a person is saved. Actually, there's, there's two that I've identified. Uh, but the one thing is they glorify God. So what the Lord showed me in his message was no matter what language that was spoken, they glorify God. If you look at the day of Pentecost, what did they do? When, when the spirit fell upon them, they glorify God in other people's languages. What happened in, in Acts chapter 13 when Pete, when Paul talked to some Gentiles about the gospel, it says they glorify God. Why did Cornelius, why did Cornelius speak in tongues? Because if you read first Corinthians chapter 14, it tells you that tongues are a sign to the unbeliever. So who were the unbelievers in first in um, Acts chapter 10 when it deals with Cornelius conversion? Peter was Peter had a problem and he was God was showing him and teaching him because he was calling those things that God cleansed unclean. So did he end up sending him to a Gentile that had been praying? And he says, this is not the normal thing for me. But he shared the gospel with him. And then Cornelius got saved and believed in his heart without an invitation to Christ. He believed the message. God filled him with the spirit. He spoke in tongues and Peter and the rest of the people that was with him. They was like, man, I don't see no reason he shouldn't be baptized. This is the same thing that happened on the day of Pentecost, in a sense. I'm just paraphrasing. So he was being taught. One of the things we got to understand as a as a as a believer. Excuse me. As it relates to the early church in the book of Acts is we can't get stuck in the infancy and the lack of understanding of Peter in his early ministry. Neither can we get stuck 
in anything else we see in the early church. You can't, there's only one Pentecost. It already happened. It's never happening again. I don't know why people continue to, to celebrate the day of Pentecost. Like it's going to be another outpouring of the spirit It's already been poured out. The last days have began on the day of Pentecost. And this is no more the last day than the last days were before. We are just closer, but we don't even know how close that is. But what I want us to understand is this. As believers, we need to grow forward, understand the truth and grow from it. Quit holding on to things that in the infancy of understanding in Peter's earlier ministry. His last letter he points everyone to Paul and recognizes that Paul has a wisdom that God has given him and we need to learn it because I know it's hard to understand, but people are messing this up is what he was saying. So I'm going to, I know I've been talking a little bit longer today, but I want us to understand something. Testing the spirits. We must test the spirits to see whether they be from God. Know the message. Know the message. I got one more. So this is what we need to understand. God's word for someone, God's word for someone is gonna be based off his, his word for one. It's not gonna be contradictory and it's gonna be a confirmation to something you already understand and know. So just as I stated, is there a time that God will tell you not to pray for someone? He's not going to tell you not to pray for anyone because God is going to do. He wants to keep you in the place of grace to do the things that he has already told us to do in the word. If God were to come back and contradict his word and say, don't pray for certain people, then he would be contradicting his entire message of the New Testament which is the spiritual high calling of Christ Jesus. Understand that he is calling us to a spiritual high calling of Christ Jesus. Pray for your enemies, pray for your loved ones, pray for all leaders because God places them in there, whether they good or bad. He says bond or free. We pray for everyone. You honor your parents so that your days might be long. God is not trying to move us from that place of I want to say his his uh, sovereign safety he's not trying to get us to be in a snare of the enemy to do the opposite he he wants us to be in a position to suffer for righteousness he doesn't want us to be in a position of putting placing revenge of our own he wants us to be the one that pursue peace he wants us to have a clear conscience he wants us to help those that persecute us bless those that that um that hurt us and and all these other things he wants us to continue to move forward now i don't have time to break all that down because some people will look at that and say that means that we're weak no it means that you're strong because you know you have someone else that is going to take care of all of those other things but i want us to understand this this is this is this is powerful to test the spirits you must know the message yes you must know the word but if you don't know the message of the word then you can be fooled. Get in your word. Until we meet again, God bless you. I know this is enough for three weeks. I'm going to share. I'm going to probably come back in uh, next week and talk about another topic. But I had to share this today because I just see it happening so much. 
And that we must we we got to get in the word of God. Everybody goes around and says, God told me this. God told me that. And then you're like, wait a minute, that don't make sense. Why would God tell you that? And if that's not in the word, why would he tell you something that's not in his word? How do how do you manage that? Who do you bounce it off of if, if, if you say God said a certain thing? Amen. Everything that we do ultimately always glorifies God. He will not tell you to leave your spouse to serve him because your first ministry is your home because you see that in scripture all over the place. And that's what I mean about him not con contradicting his word It's written in his word. And again, I'm not talking about people who are being physically abused or anything like that, but we must understand what the word of God says about testing the spirits. I listen to the message that people are speaking when I'm listening. I don't get I don't get excited about the hooping and hollering. Matter of fact, I don't even listen to a lot of people that hoop and holler because I I, I want to hear the word. I don't want to hear them. So um, make sure you read line by line, precept upon precept. Make sure you're praying. Um, make sure you're asking God to give you understanding of the scriptures. And all you get, get an understanding. God bless you. Have a great and wonderful week. Um, and I pray that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. God bless you. And until we meet again, continue to glorify the Lord.